want to share this word. It's burning in my heart. I, uh, we are family at Freedom. There's so much that God has, has done this year. It has been a year of momentum. I, I know the crowd is not as large as usual today, but it has been one of the first in a while momentous uh, summers. It's, it's been a summer of building momentum. Has anybody else since that? This summer we have been building momentum. And uh, sometimes it doesn't seem like that in the summertime, but it has this year, and I'm really thankful for that. Um, I, I came up with a list in early, January, in early June when my family and I were away of many things that I was going to speak of, and I mentioned several of them. There was this one that, I, I, that was in the original list, and I was going to share it, but it was wrong, and I just didn't have the word nor the timing for it thought about it last week, and I worked and worked, and Diana knows when I am laboring, and I'm telling you, I labored, and then I just, and God said, no, and I just put it down, and uh, so uh, last Sunday was an amazing Sunday, though. I mean, thank God for his word this past Sunday, uh, but uh, today I'm going to preach that. I'm going to, from the topic, A Better You, uh, continuing in this series for the summer, The Good Life. Uh, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. How many know God has a better life? Anybody know that? Uh, if you have conformed, and we are good at conformity. Just shake your head up and down. We're really good at it. I mean, if it's comfortable, we're good at conformity. We conform to our carnal nature sometimes. We conform to what the world is doing. And he says, don't, Paul is writing, don't conform, but be transformed. Transform is better than conform. So uh, uh, God is good. God is faithful. Um, I want to talk to you today from the topic of better life, excuse me, a better you. And when I say that, I, I know that you've probably heard so I mean, there's so many books about your best life, better life. I'm not busting on them. I'm not rewriting them. I, I have looked over them. I, I know of different authors who've, who pre, who've, who've written some great things about it. Uh, some, but, but I am not, I'm not Tony Robbins, okay? I'm not that guy, all right? I'm not gonna, uh, I, I'm not... Your, your best uh, life coach when it comes to that sort of thing. I, I'm a preacher of the gospel, so I'm not asking for your you know, forgiveness for that. It's who I am. And so um, we're going to look at this teaching in 2 Timothy 1 and 6. It's been in my heart for a while. I mentioned it last Sunday. Remember, we kind of held on here in 2 Timothy for a little while. Uh, but I want to I I bounce off. I want to use for a platform 2 Timothy 1. If you have one of these, anybody know what these are? It's a Bible. If you have one of these, or if you have one of these, we're in 2 Timothy, all right? Uh, whatever electronic device, 2 Timothy, and we'll move around there. Therefore, I remind you, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. A very strange little scripture if you're conformed to the world, okay? That there is a gift of God. Tim, Timothy, there is a gift of God that is in you that was placed in you through the laying on of my hands. That sounds very uh, audacious, doesn't it? Uh, but you're responsible for the gift that is in you. Uh, the best you is going to be stirred up you. We're going to talk about this. Stirred up you. Gifted you and stirred up you. Uh, I was uh, thinking back uh, uh, of, of vacations. Anybody had some giant family vacations? Anybody had those where all the family shows up? Uh, it's kind of cool. Uh, for us, you know, I get together. Like when we, we were away just for a couple of days 
uh, for my father's 80th birthday. At that time, all the family got together. It was crazy, and uh, it was great. It was so good to see so many. Um, for, for our family, we like to, evidently, they worked it out. I'm just really thankful. I didn't have to push. It was like kids just kind of managing. We show up. And uh, all the kids are there. The, we have, you know, the two grandkids are there, and we're having such a great time. Everybody's just hanging out and doing things together. Now, so you understand this, I absolutely love my children and my grandchildren, uh, but I really, 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 really love my children and my grandchildren, and really, 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 really love my wife. And so we talk about this, uh, how much we love getting with the kids and all, but we also love road trips, just the two of us. Anybody like that? I mean, we're just going somewhere. We get in the car. We crank up the music. We're singing. You know, we got that little Jeep Renegade. We'll take the top. It's got a My Sky roof, so we'll move the top. And just having a good time driving, singing, and having a, and where are we going to We'll stop over here. You know, it's just, it just, it's just nice to do that. And, uh, you know, we took a vacation this past year, or this past June, and during that time, as much as we spent a great deal of time with our kids, we also snuck away to take walks. And we'd sneak away and grab a couple of bicycles and uh, just go somewhere on our own. We did that because we know that we have to do that sort of thing. We have to, listen, you got to invest in each other. Amen. You have to. Uh, it was uh, on our 25th pastoral anniversary, which, believe it or not, was four years ago this coming September, uh, uh, y'all sent us off on a cruise. It was a, I think it was kind of a, a very important time for us to get away. We were just going through that healing journey. I'd come through a particular season of my life that the Lord was settling some things, removing some things, changing my heart about some things, and I was really grateful, but we just really needed that little time. It was a, it was a time for us just to get away together. Now, all that being said, in this scripture, I want you to notice in verse 6, Timothy's spiritual father is writing to him from prison, a prison that he will end up uh, only leaving that prison to be martyred. His head will be taken. He's going to die. He's writing from that situation and saying, uh, Tim, I've got a reminder for you. Stir up the gifts. And stir up literally means to stir up and to blaze, suggesting that it is a possibility for us to have uh, potential for fire, but not have fire. It, it's possible that under all of that smoke, there are some embers that if they were stirred a little bit, would end up becoming a blaze. Now, uh, even though I just spoke of marriage, and I've spoken a lot of marriage, this message is not necessarily about your marriage or your family. It will impact them, but you probably can't fix your marriage until you fix you. Amen. And sometimes we say, oh God, you know, take care of my husband because he's done, or take care of my wife, or take care of my kids, or take care of my friends. Listen, I'm the first one that needs fixing. It's me. And you might say, well, you don't know what she did. I don't, I don't know about that, but I do know that you're struggling with forgiveness. So I, I said that. You're going to have to fix you. You're going, and you, you say, well, I'm waiting on God to do something. Are you really? Sometimes God does something because you do something. I'll, I'll take you there. I'll take you there. You're saying that my wife would, my husband would, my children would, my neighbor would, my pastor would. Hold everything. 
It's not them. It's me. It's me. I need you, Lord. I need you. Every hour, I need you. I am responsible for my own relationship with God. And Paul's asking Timothy to stop. You got, you got this gift I placed in you and consider your spiritual resources. I want you to look at somebody next to you right now. Just look at somebody and I want you to ask them. Okay, on either side. In fact, either side, ask them for a million dollars. If you would ask them for a million dollars. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Come back, come back to me. Simply, here's your reality. You can't give away something that you do not possess. Paul is t- simply telling Timothy, son, you've got something in your life, but you can't do this on your own. That's why you've been given the Holy Spirit. Paul is saying, Timothy, look at all you've been given. Look at the spiritual investment that God has made in you. You don't have a God problem. You've got a storing problem. God wants to do something through you, and you can be a better you now. You can be a better you in the future, but you can start being a better you right now. So we're going to examine these words from Paul to Timothy together and discover how I can be a better me, how you can be a better you. And here's our first revelation. You, you are a better you when you are filled with faith and the Word of God. Faith, and say it, faith in the Word of God. Say it, faith in the Word of God. And, and look at this moment in First Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. Look at this simple moment, this calling. God is, uh, it's a moment that sets up this calling of Timothy to stir up the gifts. In verse 3, and we, we, again, we, we talked about this last week, just the scripture, but not in this realm. He says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience. Just pause there for a moment. How many wish you could just serve God with a pure conscience? And sooner or later, you've got to get out all the guilt and the shame. Yes. Whew, Jesus, let me hang there just for a moment. All right? Anybody tired of living in sin? Anybody get tired of that? Anybody tired of your carnality? Anybody tired of your favorite sin? Anybody tired of that? Just kind of weary of that? Just wish you some of the thoughts that you have in your mind? Come on, come on. And he says, I, I serve with a pure conscience like those who went before me. Those, and he's talking about individuals like Ananias. He's talking about disciples. He's talking about other individuals that served great men of God, people, you know, Moses and, and the prophets. He's talking about people that knew God, had this deep relationship with God. And, uh, but he's writing to Timothy, and he says, as without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers at night. And day, every day I'm praying for you. I greatly desire to see you. I'm being mindful of your tears. I know that you're suffering. That's what he's saying to Timothy. Timothy, I know you're suffering because you know what's about to happen to me. You know that I'm about to die. Uh, but he says this. That, that he says, you're being mindful of your tears. That I may be filled with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, I am also persuaded is in you. Now pause. Paul is blessing Timothy's authentic, genuine faith. I'm not talking about fake faith. I'm not, come on. I'm not talking about that pretend stuff. I'm in church right now, but you know what you'll be tomorrow. 
You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mean he's saying genuine. Come on, anybody can lift up their hands, right? But to really know God and to serve God and to live for God, real authentic faith that had been passed on to him from his mother and grandmother, Lois and Eunice. He had grandparents, his grandmother Lois, his grandmother Eunice. Doesn't say anything about grandpa and grandma and doesn't say much about his dad. All we know is that Timothy had a dad who was Greek in Acts chapter 16. It speaks of his father. Father, who was a Greek, doesn't say anything else about him, and we don't hear anything here. Paul doesn't say, and that great daddy of yours, that great daddy, what was his name? Nobody remembers his name. You know why nobody remembers his name? You understand this, right? Anybody remember when the children of Israel were going to cross the, uh, cross the Jordan River and take the promised land? Anybody remember that moment? And there were all these spies that went in, 12 spies, and they all came back, and, the, and of the 12 spies, two of them said, we can take the land. Right? Anybody remember their names? Joshua and Caleb. Somebody shout Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb. Everybody knows Joshua and Caleb, right? Now name the other ten. You don't remember their names, do you? That's because people who are not authentic in their faith, who don't go and take promised land, get forgotten. They don't get written down as, as part of the legacy, all right? You know, I, I, uh, I, I understand this. I understand. I mean, there's some, it's good to honor your parents, but when I talk about honoring your parents, I want you to know that the concept of that in the Word of God is that you have parents that are godly and parents that are righteous. He's that I want my children to respect me. The Bible says honor your parents. I wish you could stand up one time and look at mom and daddy and says, yeah, but you're also supposed to be serving God, teaching me the word, showing me how to pray, and laying your hands on me that the spirit of God would be in my life. So wake up, and then maybe, no, don't do that, kids. Don't do that. Don't do that. But that's good preaching. Shake your head up and down. All right, right? So Timothy, Timothy loved Jesus. He accepted the gospel. But notice, that, again, there's no relationship with his father. So, I mean, it's a possibility he maybe even had some father wounds out of that. A father that did not invest. A father that did not pray. A father that, that, that was probably an idolater who, 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 who worshipped many, many gods. And again, again look, at the, look at what else Paul says in verse 14 of 2 Timothy 3. He says, you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood, somebody shout from childhood. I know children's pastor is going to love this, okay? From childhood, you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So, what he, what you hear what he's saying? From childhood, you have known the holy scriptures. We need to be filled, get this, with faith and the word of God. You might say, what's wrong with me? You need to be filled, first of all, with faith and the word of God. Somebody say, I just want to be stirred up. Wait, wait, wait. Before we get to the stirring, you need to get the right ingredients in your life. Come on, if you're baking the cake, you're putting some eggs and some, some flour and some... Come on, you've got to get the Word of God and faith into your life. How, how many have a phone? Anybody have a phone? Anybody have one? So don't open it up right now, but sometimes I... In fact, regularly every morning when Diane and I pray together, I'm pulling up certain scriptures on my phone. It's sitting there, and we just open it up, and I'll hit, 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 and we'll read, read, read. But there's a problem with my phone. It's got so many distractions on it. Am I right? 
It's like I'll just be looking at it, suddenly it'll come on and a banner will fly down. So-and-so likes such-and-such of a picture. Somebody is live on Facebook right now. There was a story, such-and-such, and immediately my eyes start flying. Maybe I'll stop Check that out. you, you got to be careful about using this as your only device for the Word of God. You might need to get one of these archaic things, all right? It's called a book. It's a Bible. That's what it is. The Word, the book of God, right? How many have a Bible? Anybody have one? Get one. If kids don't have one, get them two or three. I don't know how many my parents gave. They're always inscribed in the front of them, you know? And now most of the Bibles I have, I bought for myself because I need that particular translation, that particular transliteration. I want it. My best study is done with a Bible and a legal pad. That's my best study. If I'm seeking God for the Word, my computer will be open. I might research this and that, but most it's with this Bible open to a particular passage, and, in the, and then some of these Bibles, they got these cool little references. You can chase that scripture all over the Bible. They got these little concordance. It's amazing what you can do with the Holy Spirit and a Bible. I, but uh, honestly, if, I, if you took this away from me, if you took that away from me and I had to put my phone up, there's something else that's inside of my life. Does anybody recognize what's inside of my life? It's something that has happened in my life since I was a child. I've got all of this stuff. I didn't bring it in. I should have. I got a little trophy in my room, in my office, that mother gave to me in 1971. In 1971, mom gave me a trophy. She gave other kids a trophy too. But first she gave us a list of scriptures that we had to invest in and we had to put into memory in our life. Anybody know John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have ever... You know that? How many of Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Come on, anybody know this? You know this? And how many know uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 13? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Anybody know Romans 8, 28? Anybody know it? All things work together for good to those who love and serve the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. How about Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5? Come on, children. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your own un understanding. Go to verse 6. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. How many know Hebrews 11 and 1? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. How about Proverbs 22 and 6? Train up a child in the way that he should go and when he is older he will not depart from it. Or how many of those 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7? God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Or Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Repent and be baptized every one of you for the forgiveness of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Or Romans 3.23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. How about Romans 6.23? The wages of sin, but the gift of God. 
through Jesus Christ our Lord. What about Romans 10 and 9? That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. How about John chapter 14? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Anybody know these scriptures? How about Acts chapter 1 and verse 4? Do you, anybody remember Acts, Acts 1, 4? And being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. Anybody, anybody know what that promise was? The Holy Spirit. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Anybody like the word of God? How many remember Acts? Come on, you know this, chat. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house that they were sitting. And suddenly there appeared unto them cloven tongues that came and sat upon each one of them. And they all spoke in tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. How many know these scriptures? How about Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12? For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper, there, there it is, than any two-edged sword, piercing even the joints and, uh, even the division of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow and is the discerner of the, of the thoughts and intents of the heart. How many know the word of God? Anybody know the word of God? How many know the word of God? We used to do it, maybe they'll do it, I don't know VBS, but we used to do it VBS all the time. Everybody remember this? I play Pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a light unto my feet and a, a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I may not sin against God. Anybody remember that? We used to, I was growing up, we used to say that constantly. We go to Sunday school, we're saying a pledge to the Bible. We go to VBS every day. Somebody's standing up there holding the Bible. We all had to pledge allegiance to the Bible because we weren't living. Oh, VBS starts tomorrow, by the way. Uh, we weren't leaving until we all knew the word of God. I know what you really want to do uh, is just get your kids into VBS. I know you just want to go to kids' church, but all that is is a good start. It's not enough. We need Lois and Eunice to show up in our houses. You need to write some Bible verses and hang them on the wall. I know, but I know y'all HGTV and your house is all decorated. You ought to get some masking tape and some, some Elmer's glue and let your kids color some pictures and let them memorize scripture. Come on, anybody with me on this? Because if they're going to be the best they can be. They've got to have the Word of God in their life. They have to. I understand the problem. I understand the problem, though. Come on, you can't, you can't give away what you don't have. I understand it. And I'm not busting on I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. You know what I'm saying? Uh, wherever you are, this is a really good place to start. Get the Word of God into you and get it into others, all right? The Word of God in you. We were talking about Preston's fight coming up. Yeah, you know, Preston's a, gr a great fighter. He's, first of all, he's a great wrestler. You know why he's a great wrestler? You are. Yeah. Don't mess with me. I will hurt your feelings, all right? 
I'll, you know, I'll at least give it a good shot. All right? I've had people challenge me before just because I was a pastor. And I know I'm getting older than I used to be, but don't play that with me. Don't. I know how to pick your ankle. I've got certain moves, certain moves that on occasion a young boy, he'll come and he'll just, he'll just come at me. And I'm excited about that because I needed somebody to do that just so I can slip something on them and make them cry just for a second, just for just for. <laughs> Just for a moment, all right? When we go, we go to wrestling practice at, at Lynn Haven. We've gone to wrestling practice on several occasions. Uh, and uh, I'll be there, and one of those big boys, they'll look at old, old Pastor Rick standing over there. And they'll come over, and Preston will say, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And then they'll do it. And he'll say, oh, no, this is going to hurt. This is really going to hurt. And I let them feel pressure. Now, here's all I'm saying. I'm just saying that I passed that down because before Preston was in a cage, before Preston ever punched anybody in the face, oh, I was over in his bedroom and we were working it out. And we were working it out in the backyard because what was in me. Now you might say, well, I'm not asking you to be a wrestler. I'm asking you to be a man or a woman of God. You see what I'm saying? I'm asking you to get something in you that is contagious to the next generation. You understand? You say, well, you know, it's too late for me. It's not too late. Get the Word of God in you right now. Start speaking the Word of God and celebrating the Lord, Word of God. You've got to start teaching your children the Word. It will change you. It will change them. No time for arguing. No more acting like the devil. It's time to fix your house, fix your home. But start with you. Your best you is filled with the Word of God. Amen. Again, it said faith and the Word. That's what I said. So, so look at Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing. So we say, I'm, I'm, are you going to preach the gospel to me? Yes. Yes, I am. But just so you know, uh, before I see you again, I will have digested so much of the word of God. So much. I will have read so much. I would have listened so much. I just love. I just love. I just love. I just love, 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 love the word of God. I probably listened to three hours of preaching this week from people that I respect just because I want it poured into my life. Anybody with me on this? I just love, anybody love God's word? I just love hearing his word. I like being around people that know his word. But, but look what he says. He says, now you got, faith comes by hearing. So if I get the word of God, then I'm going to start having faith. But then James 2 says, faith, uh, James 2 says this, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So how many of you believe in miracles? All right. How many believe in miracles? Anybody believe in miracles? Okay. Miracles require someone who has the word to act in faith to get something done. You say, well, I'm just waiting on God. God just waiting on you. Just waiting on you. I'm just going to sit here till God does something. Okay. That's cute. That's really cute. But, uh, you know, what would have happened at the Red Sea if Aaron had not obeyed the word of God and stretched out the rod? You know, and then a little argument, maybe there was a little bit, you know, okay, God, okay, I know, you know, I got this, I'm going to stretch it out. But no, no, he, by faith, stretched, come on, see the salvation of the Lord. Or what about what would have happened at Jericho if Joshua said, really, you want me to march around the walls again? I mean, over and over in the word of God. I mean, when they're crossing the Jordan River, the priests had to step their feet. They had to put their feet in the Jordan River before the Jordan River parted. Understand what I'm saying? I'm telling you, you've got to take a step. You've got to act on the word that is in you. Don't just let, oh, I know some Bible verses. So you've got to use those 
Bible verses. You've got to act upon the word of the living God. So, better me. Anybody getting better? Because I'm preaching the word. Faith's rising up. Some of you need to start right now. This is what I'm going to do. Okay. You're even better when you are filled with the Holy Spirit. All right? So he's filled with the word. Now, I know you're filled with the word. But he, he says, look. First of all, he calls him his son. I love this. Timothy, a beloved son, grace and mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I love that. Anybody like speaking grace and mercy and peace? How many know that's supernatural? Do you know that? Grace. And I say that sometimes in my prayer. Just grace be on you and mercy and peace. And, and I, I love this, but mostly I love the su- statement of sonship. Because when you're a son, hopefully if you're a son, you get to hear truth from a parent. Okay, I told you this several weeks ago. I taught about the orphan spirit. Okay, if you don't speak the word of God into your children, then they may be in your house, but they may grow up as orphans. Okay, say, well, they got shelter. We need more than a roof. We need, okay, so he speaks, and look at verse six and seven. He says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God. Okay, we're going to get to that. But he says, what gift? The one that is in you through the laying on of my hands. The one that is in you, what gift? There's a gift that was given to Timothy. Now, you say, that's weird. Because I just don't like people touching me. But, you know, all kinds of viruses. I don't want anybody touching me. All right. Uh, you're probably not going to like these next few, so you probably just ought to dial me out for the next few moments. Uh, Look at this word where it says laying on of hands because the suggestion here is impartation. Impartation, that it's a possibility to impart gift into someone else. And I'm going to tell you this, that is the choice uh, representation of the transfer of the work of the Holy Spirit into lives in the Word of God. You see it over and over. Anybody ever read a book in the Bible called Acts? Have you read this? Acts. In Acts, the Bible says, Acts chapter 8, so apostles were in Jerusalem, and they heard that Samaria had received the Word of God. So they got the Word. So they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They received the word of God, but what had not happened? So they were hoping that, send it on down, just fall on us right now, God, just fall. No, no, that's not what happened. They were waiting on it to fall on them. And then watch what this says. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Somebody thank God for baptism. But then they said, then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Any bells and whistles going off? Anybody? They, they did what? They laid hands and then that which was within them spiritually is imparted to, them, to the other. Do you see that? And you say, well, that's just one time. We'll just, just go to the next chapter and we hear about the new birth of Paul. And so he's called Saul at this time. He's decided he believes in God. He's had a supernatural encounter. He said, but I want you to go to Ananias. Why didn't he just do it right there on the road when he knocked him off his donkey? No, I want you to go. And Ananias comes to him and the Bible says that, uh, that, that, that Ananias went his way, entered the house, and laying his hands on him said, 
Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why, Why didn't Ananias just call it in? I mean, we would like to text it in right now, but he laid his hands and that which was in Ananias is now in Paul. And in Acts chapter 19, verse 1, uh, it happened while Apollos in Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. He said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And they said, John's baptism. Verse 6, then Paul said, John baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. That is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. You want to read the rest of me with, 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 with me? And when Paul had laid his hands on them, read it. And when Paul had laid his the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Do you see a common denominator in any of this in Acts? Anybody see it? What did they constantly do? They laid their hands on them and what was in them ends up in the next generation. Acts 13 uh, verse 2, the Bible says, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. They have fasted and prayed. Then, having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them away. Do you see what happens here? Uh, we see hands laid on them again. This time, it's for stirring. It's so that they would have an impartation of the ministry gift that was necessary for them to go on this particular ministry trip. So, what I'm saying is the Holy Spirit wants to get in your life, and He wants to leave you and he wants to change your world you're saying well you know pastor I would sure like to see my community change I'd sure like to see some people set free I don't want to touch anybody I but but then part of that has to do with there's no stirring on the inside maybe the gift gift isn't there so you're laying hands you need to find people with the Holy Spirit and say I want what you got in my life amen, amen? I can only entertain you so much I mean, I'm a funny guy. And in the church, I mean, I like things to look at. I like lights. I like sound. I like presentation. But we've got to be careful that sometimes all of our busyness with relevancy doesn't become a substitute for the Holy Spirit. I like going to that church because they, they're so good. At it. I like excellence. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. But if you get the same feeling listening to pop radio as you do listening to the praise and worship, there's an issue there. Jesus. Listen, lonely Christians. We know we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus, but here's the question. Acts 19 and 2. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And that's what Paul is saying. But Paul, he is saying something more. Paul is about to die, and as a spiritual father, he is speaking about Timothy's inheritance. He said, I deposited an inheritance inside of you. Have you used the inheritance? And I, I know everybody said, I want a big inheritance. I hope I get me a, you know, a nice trust fund or a nice will. I hope something really is given to me. No, 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 no. You listen to what I'm telling you. You need more than that. You need the Holy Spirit, which is your supernatural inheritance. And then he says something more. If you're going to be the best you, your spiritual life must be continually stirred up. Your, my spiritual life, say my spiritual life needs to be stirred up. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift. Um, let's see if you understand it this way. 
Okay. Did anybody get any coffee when you walked in? Yeah. Anybody get coffee? Some coffee. All right. How many like coffee? Anybody like coffee? Okay. So how many like cream? What do you? How do you? How do you do your coffee? Black. Cream, cream and sugar. So you get some cream. So if you like coffee with cream, just pour some cream in there and drink that, right? Oh, you have to stir it. Okay. Somebody said they like sugar, so you pour some sugar. Get some sugar, and you get some cream, and just pour it in, and you just put the lid on it, and you drink it, right? No, you don't do that. Because what's missing here is the stir stick. That's what's missing. Because now what I have to do is I have to take the responsibility. So somebody gave me cream and sugar. Did you stir it up? All right. Now, some of us, any Southern folk in this room? Because we're in the state of Virginia right now. Okay. I knew because I was raised in Kentucky because my mama, uh, T, her name was Tilda. And we called her T. And she made sweet tea. And we know that the way you make sweet tea. Now, if you come here and somebody says, give me some sweet tea. And they hand you some unsweet tea and a packet of sugar. You just look at them and say, like, I thought we were in Virginia. Because... We know in the South that sweet tea is made with tea that is hot, and you put the sugar in it while it's hot, and then you take this big spoon and you stir it around, okay? Because what I want is I want all of that sugar to become a part of the entire drink. I don't want to just be drinking sugar off the bottom of the cup. That's not the I'm preaching to you right now, all right? You hear what I'm saying? Because some of us, we have a little Holy Spirit in us, and we have the potential to do great things, but we're not in situations of stirring. We're, we're not there. We're, we're, we prefer to just, just pour something in me on Sunday and I'll just let it sit there and I'll come back next Sunday and we'll look at it one more time. Jesus, help me finish this sermon. Here's, here's how to tell if you're stirred up or not. Here's how to tell. Verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Everybody got that? I said, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. All right. You got any mamas in this room? Got any mamas? Got any mamas? Okay, mama, mama, look at me, mama. If somebody comes at your baby to hurt your child, what are you going to do? I'm looking at you. What are you going to do? Oh, no, don't come after No. No. I watched my mama one time because a car was coming after a grandbaby. Goodness. Coming through the parking lot. My mother, in her, in her church-going clothes, dove across a parking lot in front of a car and grabbed her grandson. Ripped her hose all to pieces, ripped her dress up, and picked up her baby and walked away. Afraid of that car. I'm stirred up. Uh, you're not getting me, are you? I'm stirred up. Don't be playing with me right now. Those are, those are my kids. Don't be playing with me. That's my neighbor. Don't, don't mess with me right now. You got, I got to have, I can't have fear right now. The stakes are too high. I don't have time to say, wait a minute, I don't know if Jesus can handle this. I, they, what about the circumstances? No, no, no. I, I, I am who God called me to be. And there are certain things that stir me up. I'm preaching to somebody in this room. Paul's in prison. There are riots against believers. Now, I'm going to tell you, we are in a culture right now in our, in our nation alone. Let me, let me tell you this. There's not persecution like there are in other countries where people are dying every day. 
Every hour, somebody's dying for their faith. But here, we have subtle persecution. It's subtle. And I watch people bow down to it all the time. It's subtle. Fear of loss of status. Man, if I tell people that I believe in Jesus, they may not want to hang out with me anymore. Those people might think less of me if I ask them if it's okay if I pray. Fear of being labeled judgmental or any kind of phobic. How many have heard the term phobic? You're phobic. You, you stand for the Word of God. You believe what God's Word says about righteousness and godliness. Oh, don't say anything. You know, you, you have this tendency sometimes. You'll be sitting in a restaurant talking to some Christian friends, and you're about to say something. Before you do, you look around the room. Make sure you don't get, right, right, or haters or irrelevant. You're just, though, you're just another one of those know-nothing Christians. Can't believe you believe in some God that you can't see. Fear of, of loss uh, of financial loss, fear of loss, of financial loss, loss, people disconnecting from you, losing your job because you believe in the Word of God, okay? I got a typo there, okay? But you understand what I'm teaching you, right? You understand this. It's very subtle. We're much more into fitting in than we are to being stirred up. Come on. And when you see things going on, you have to understand in the Word of God, the Bible is very clear. Jesus said, Behold, I'm sending you out a sheep in the midst of wolves. So don't be surprised, okay? Don't be surprised. He actually says that, uh, he says, Beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You'll be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should what was he saying? Don't worry. Don't be afraid. I'm not prepared. I've been doing this long and I hold everything. I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. When I make a stand, I'm stirring things up. I go ahead and walk in places and I just trust the Lord that he'll use me. Amen. How do we and our children survive in this changing culture? We are filled with the Holy Spirit. But, but get this, we also have to be stirred up. Listen, the nature of the Holy Spirit becomes a part of our lives. And then we have spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12, you've read these. In 1 Corinthians, you've read them in Romans, Ephesians. You've read all of this, right? There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And he talks about all kinds of them, you know. And I know you want me to do a class or a teaching on them. Pastor, just teach us about the gifts. And if you teach us about the gifts, then we'll study them and we'll go do them. That was never the way it happened. That's never what happened. Everybody, oh, I have an intellectual ascent, and now I can prophesy because I'm smart now. That's never. In fact, all the time you keep hearing this. It's kind of like, uh, you know, backsided compliment. How many of these unlearned men, how are they able to stand in front of this council and tell us all of this stuff? These guys aren't smart. They didn't go to Pharisee school. They are, you see what I'm saying? They, they, they don't know what we know. Listen, the, 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 the people, the Pharisees, they memorize. Memorize the first five books of the Bible. They memorized the entire Torah. They had it in their memory, but they didn't have the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus called them whited sepulchers filled with dead men's bones. So just because you got the word, but you don't have the spirit, and it's not stirred up, you say, why isn't anything happening? Somebody needs to give you a stir stick. There you go. 
People need stir sticks. That's the problem. The altar, we don't have enough stir sticks. If we, if we could just get people, I'm preaching good stuff, right? Stir it up. We could just get you to stir it up. And there's words of wisdom and words of knowledge and, and faith and miracles. I believe God's word. I'm trusting God's word. I'm going to go over here and lay my hands on this person. And I'm going to declare God's word. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit and miracles happen. How amazed was Peter, you think, the first time there was a walks in and there's a lame man and he says, I don't have any silver or gold. Wait a minute. Before he left, he said we should lay hands on the sick and that will get better. And he starts acting upon that, moved by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says, but such as I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. And Nazareth rides up and walks. He gets up and walks and he's leaping and praising. Anybody remember these stories in the Word of God? And everybody's getting mad and angry. And the next thing you know, they're dragging them off and they're going to beat them and they have to tell other things. They stand in front of all these folks and say, Look, you know, do what you want, but I'm not going to deny that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And he preaches, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people are coming into the kingdom of God because he's not afraid and he's stirred up on the inside. Let me just give you some ideas of stirring. Stirring up the gifts. Don't forsake being in church. Stop skipping church. St- webcast. Stop. <laughs> Stop skipping. And if you're there, go ahead and lift your hands and praise God and participate fully. Do you understand what I'm saying? Stop. Don't, don't be a church dropout. I go to church on occasion, but I've had enough church. You're stale and you're dry. How many come to church and... Were you in this worship service today? Was anybody here today? Anybody experienced the power and the presence of God? All right, did you hear the testimony of our missionaries? Are you receiving the word of God right now? Are you a better you right now than you were before you walked in the door? Stay in the word constantly. Stay in the word. Don't let a day go by. Don't leave your house without reading the word of the living God. Worship constantly. Fill your car. Fill your house. Fill your mind. You don't have to have music to lift up your hands and honor the Lord. Get busy in ministry. There ain't nothing for me to do because there ain't nothing you want to do. Get busy in ministry. Share the gospel Do something by faith. And then walk in the Spirit, which leads me to my next and last statement. The best you is always walking with the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5.16, I say, "Walk, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. Now there's my battle. Okay, if I don't stir up the gifts, if I don't stir up the Spirit inside of me, something's going to get stirred up. How many have ever had your flesh stirred up before? Anybody ever had your How many have ever been carnal? I can be carnal. Anybody else get carnal? No, I'm the only one, just four or five of us? The rest of you being carnal with your hand raising right now. How many have struggled with sin? Anybody ever struggle with sin? Okay. Here's the message of the scripture. The Holy Spirit is the answer to your life. Now you watch, you watch. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Okay. It's really hard for me to say, oh man, Look what the Word of God is saying. Look at this. Praise God. Oh, hold on a minute. Let me look at some porn. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's really good porn. Now, let me get right back to the Word of God right now. It makes sense, does it? I mean, how, how ludicrous is that? How is it? How can I walk in the Spirit and lie to my brother? How can I do that? 
How many know it's difficult? It is tough to have the gifts stirred up because when the gifts are stirred up, you're so busy impacting the world with the gospel. You're so busy ministering and loving and walking in, in love and power that your mind becomes sound and you become... Am, am I right about this? And, and but he, here's, here's, what, here's what he says in Ephesians 4.30. He, he says this, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. How many know that you can receive the Holy Spirit? Anybody know you can receive the Holy Spirit? Okay, now here's the deal. You get the Holy Spirit in you. Right? Now some people think you have Holy Spirit and he, it's like the Holy Spirit does the hokey pokey inside of you. Okay? Like, here I am. My right foot's in and now my right foot's out. And my whole self's in and my whole self's out. Sounds like your religion, doesn't it? You know? Holy Ghost, hokey pokey. Just constantly going on in your life. He does the holy pokey and he... Anyway, so... No, here's, here's the deal. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed. You say, well, what does that mean? Well, you look two verses behind, and he says in Ephesians 4, 28, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands, that he may have something to give who has a need. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, by what, but, but what is good for, necessary and ed, 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 good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. How? Verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as, in other words, walk in the Spirit. Anybody see that? How do you walk? You walk in the Spirit. When you're walking in the Spirit, these things are happening. Ephesians 5.3, but fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not even be named among you as, as is fitting for the saints, neither filthiness nor, nor foolish talk or coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. And get this. Just, just understand this. Understand this. Holy Spirit is inside of you. Have you ever hurt somebody's feelings? Have you ever done that? The Holy Spirit is inside you. Why is he inside of you? He's inside of you because he loves you. He's inside of you because he wants to use you, wants to empower you, wants to give you words. But you just keep giving the Holy Spirit the silent treatment. You're not listening to him. You're not speaking. You're not allowing him to speak through you. You don't know what to say. You have, you have, you have so many issues that are going on in your life. And all you got to do is welcome Holy Spirit to the front. Holy Spirit, I know you're there, all right? Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Because when someone is grieving, they grieve because you're dying. When I'm living in carnality, it is though I am dying. This one that I have come to heal won't receive my healing. This one who I've come to bring grace won't receive my grace. Stir things up. All right. Everybody stand with me. I'm going to finish this. And... Ah. Anybody excited about football season? Man, I like football season. Yeah. And how many get irritated at football season? Anybody ever get irritated? I do. Okay, now I'm going to tell you why I get irritated. Okay? Here's why I get irritated. I get irritated because... Uh, I, get, I get irritated because I will watch a football game and watch well-paid people play really bad football. <laughs> I want to send them a note and say, Hey, they paid you several million dollars to throw the football for somebody to catch it. Right? All right? But if you wait long enough towards the end of the game, that last three or four minutes, how many know what happens? Game gets close and suddenly people start playing football. I mean, the last three or four minutes, you're watching and saying, what? what ha how did that happen? How, how is it that in the first quarter you couldn't throw the football? 
Where did that running back show up? And I'm telling you this, folks, we're in the last few minutes of this thing. We're in the last few minutes. We are in the last of the last of the days. The spirit of Antichrist is all around the world. Am I right? I mean, just pay just a little bit of attention. Our culture doesn't know what to do about anything. They haven't got answers. We keep electing people thinking they'll fix it. They don't. We keep thinking that somebody in another country will figure it out. Although somebody will show up, seem to have all the answers. Sooner or later, he'll just walk right into the temple and set himself up as God. But that's, that's another sermon. Here's, listen, listen, listen. Listen. It's time for us to get stirred up. There are people that desperately need the Lord Jesus. It's time for us to realize that we can't be Christians who adore to live carnal lives. It's time for us to recognize that as believers, it is not only expected that we would be saved by grace, but also through that same grace be filled with His Spirit. It's also high time in these last days that we stop playing as if we were not called to do something in the kingdom. I don't know what it is. Step into the water and watch the waters part and find the promised land. You receive the word? Let's give thanks to God for His word. Let's give Him thanks. Would you, uh, we're going to pray. I want uh, some of my prayer team to come and stand up front, if you would. Prayer team, come and stand up front and get ready to pray for people. <laughs> I love you guys. Praise God. You're going to pass out stir sticks to everybody. That's good. That's a good idea. Pass out, I can see everybody a stir stick today. They're pretty cheap. That wouldn't have been a bad deal. Okay. Just bow your heads and let the Holy Spirit deal with you. First, just because I believe this is vitally important, before you say, I want to start up, first of all, you need to give your life to Jesus. Remember that scripture I was quoting to you from Romans chapter 10, verse 9? If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. I believe that's the truth. So let's just confess. Just say, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Say, I believe in you, Jesus. But say, Lord Jesus. Don't just say Jesus. Say, Lord Jesus. Say, say Lord Jesus. Because Lord Jesus is this concept. Lord Jesus is that he's the boss now. Okay? I give you my life. You are Lord. I'm not the Lord. You're the Lord. I don't I even question you. I don't even have to question you. Whatever you say goes. Whatever your word says goes. You are the Lord. But you, you have to also. He's not. You can't call him Lord if you don't believe that God raised him from the dead. So do you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead? I confess, Lord Jesus, I've been a sinner. The wages of sin are death. I confess that. I, I confess that. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm just like everybody else. I've sinned and I confess and I ask you to come into my life. Cleanse me of my sin. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. I give my life to you. Anybody receiving that? Wave at me. If you're receiving that portion of salvation, right? Now, that's for me. Praise God. If you're confessing Jesus... I want you to confess that openly. I want you to come forward here in a moment and somebody's going to pray with you as well if you're confessing Jesus, all right? Now open your eyes and look up at me for a moment longer because here, here's some other things. If you're a Christian who lives in sin, this altar service is for you. You're not your best. If you're a Christian and you know 
You can't, you're not serving him with a clear conscience. You're serving him with a messed up, broken, filled with shame conscience. You don't have to live that life anymore. Confess. Bring it here. Let's go to work on it. Let's go into the deep things. Let's get your life cleansed. And somebody say amen if you know that's the truth. Say amen if you know it's the truth. Somebody needs to hear it. All right? If you're a believer who's not filled with the Holy Spirit, I have people up here filled with the Holy Spirit. They're going to do something really peculiar. They're going to lay their hands on you. They're going to shove you down. They're not going to put a rear naked choke hold on you or anything. They're going to make you do something. So all those lies that the enemy has told you, that's not what it is. We're just going to lay our hands on you. And that which is within us, we want to transfer to you. Okay? All right? And then... You understand this, a, a spirit-filled believer who's not involved in ministry. Aren't you glad that Paul and Barnabas were not just filled with the spirit, but they also laid their hands and sent them forth into ministry? All right? So uh, does anybody relate to any of this stuff? Wave at me if you relate to any of these things. All right? All right? Most of you don't? Come on, wave your hand if you relate. So I, don't make me feel like I'm wasting my time up here. You know? So I wouldn't feel that way anyway, because I know this was an inspired word of a living God. All right? So Holy Spirit, I break every chain in the name of Jesus. I open up the hearts of people and I break the fear that has been holding them back from confessing their faith, from being filled with your spirit, from overcoming their sin. Break those chains. I rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus. Let ministry begin today. Let people be filled with your spirit today. Let lives be changed. Let us be our best in Jesus' name. Amen. Are you ready? I want you to start coming towards the front now. Would you just start coming towards the front? We're going to pray together. Come on. Start moving towards the front. Start moving towards the front. Start. Come on. Come on down. 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 I love you guys. I love you. Hey, brother. Love you guys. Praise Jesus. Uh, altar workers, I, I called you to pray for two and three and four at a time if you have to, okay? Pull people together. Pull people together. I need more altar workers. The Rapakas are here. They'll pray. Glory, if you'd help us pray. All pastoral leadership. Okay. All of you. Everybody else, you ready? I want you to impart one to another. Lay your hand on somebody's shoulder nearby you. Lay your hand on your children. Lay your hand on your wife, your husband. Okay? And I want you to speak impartation. Call them by name. In the name of Jesus, I say receive the Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, be stirred up. Be stirred up in the name of Jesus. Let there be a stirring in your life. Let the gifts of the Holy Spirit show up in your life. Be filled with the, with the Spirit. I release the power of the, the Spirit of the evangelist, the, the Spirit of prophecy, the, uh, the Spirit of wisdom. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, the Word of God, let it, let it flow greatly in faith, flow greatly in the lives of these people. Yeah, right over here, man. I want you to take your time and pray. We're going to pray with these people here. We're going to lay our hands on them. Uh, altar workers, I exhort you. I call you to pray fervently. Fervently for these individuals. Pray with fire for these individuals. Are you ready? Begin to pray. Seek the Lord. Congregation, I bless you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make His face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you peace. After you prayed and blessed one another, and you, at your choice, you may be dismissed. If you're new to freedom, please meet us in the Welcome Center. God bless you all.